A mighty feast of hot steaming music brought to you in stereo by bostonfreeradio.com. Boston Free Radio has no corporate agenda. We're independent media for the people. Your music, your voice, your station. The indefinable Sterling Golden is in the building. This is the Chop Session. We thank you once again for locking in for this award-winning series here on BostonFreeRadio.com, powered by 320 Entertainment. We now reach the halfway point in our observance of Women's History Month all throughout March as we talk with some of the baddest boss ladies in our community and far beyond. Now, in case you miss an episode of the Chop Session or tune in late, Say no more, fam. We got you. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to The Chop Session with Sterling Golden and catch each and every episode one hour after premiere, as well as every episode to date. And this week here on The Chop Session, we are talking with artivist extraordinaire Amanda Shea. We are kicking off the middle of March here with the one and only Amanda Shea. How are you? Good evening, Amanda. Hey, I'm great. I'm honored to be here. I'm mad hype right now. If you could only see like my face, I'm smiling from ear to ear. I think I might be more mad hype than you are about this episode, Amanda. So <laughs> what can I say? You know? we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I, it's, it's really, really high up there. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see at the end. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you what, you guys. As I kind of brought out at the top of the show, we're talking about an international multidisciplinary artist out of Boston who has performed, you know, throughout the world, not just Boston, and at some of the most prestigious venues for arts and entertainment throughout the world, you know. And we're talking about someone who is acclaimed by some of the best in the business, has been seen on television, has been in print, one of the great voices of our generation locally here in the Boston area and is getting quite known throughout the world for her spoken word talents and so many more talents that Amanda Shea possesses. Again, an artist extraordinaire. So let's get right into this thing, Amanda Shea. So I want to start from the beginning. You know, I want to start from how you got involved in the arts, what inspired you to get into the arts, and what led you to taking up spoken word poetry. First, um, I am like, it's like super rainy, cloudy. So I've been in my feelings all day. And like, you just, thank you for that introduction. Mm -hmm. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank you. I, I hope to leave some kind of legacy behind in Boston. So just thank you for saying everything you just said. Wow. Um, what led to me doing the art? I've been artistic all of my life, um, primarily writing when I was eight. Um, it started with like really pretty much like Dear Diary type journals, um, uh, you know, things like that. And then it just kind of morphed into, you know, even songwriting. I kind of fell out of that even up until now. I was so much more, uh, it was, it came so much more naturally back then than it does now, which is weird. But poetry is my second love, honestly. And I say my second because my first love is just 
gymnastics. Like I was a gymnast when I was like five years old doing cartwheels, like all around the house. So gymnastics for me is like the epitome of like all art forms for me because it allowed me to feel really free in my body and be able to just like move at my own pace. And just, it's just a different freeing feeling when you can, you know, do backflips and, you know, um, be able to be on the balance beams and just do floor work. It's just a different experience for me, but poetry is a way for me to basically heal through the ailments within my body, the irony of that. So I just fell in love with spoken word. Um, I read a lot. I, I read a lot. I still read a lot. So I'm constantly always trying to like challenge myself in ways of kind of just getting out what I feel in moments or like even in experiences. Um, because most people know I'm an Aquarius. And we're not the most easiest people <laughs> to always get, like, emotions out of. Um, I keep myself really guarded. So writing through the pain and writing through the journey is, like, my healing purpose. Like, that's my yeah. practice every single day. Yes. Um, as far as, like, getting involved in the Boston community, I've been in Boston for the last 14 years. Um, as you can see, there's just talent everywhere. Um it started out in college at RCC, just attending open mics that Hope Inc. was throwing. At the time, it was um, uh, Club Hope. Um, and it was just a beautiful experience to see people gathered and just sharing their feelings and their emotions. And when I immersed myself into like the scene outside of college and seeing such great um, spoken word artists, I was just like, yo, they just took me to the place of where they were at. And at that time, and, and, and conveyed it in such a way through just their voice, the power, the emotions, the expression, um, Didi Delgado is still one of the, the many who pops out in my head, and Risha Green, who will start a set from anywhere in the room. You don't even know where it's coming from. Uh, Nava the Butterfly has done that, too. And I'm just like, that's crazy. Or when Jadi, D-Ruff, and Free did like their flash mob scene where they all came out and just started speaking this poetry, it was just like, whoa, what is this? What did I just step into? And ever since then... It just encouraged me and inspired me to, you know, put myself out there like that, especially considering I was running an open mic with Hope Bank at Dudley Cafe and was encouraging artists to get up and just read their material. And like, here I am not doing the same thing. So I just started doing it and it just felt really, really good. There's not a dollar amount you can put on just being that vulnerable in front of a whole bunch of people. Well, I'll tell you this, you know, I think later on in the broadcast, I just may prevail upon you, Amanda, to give us some spoken word here on the show. Okay. <laughs> I would I love to. <laughs> I think that would be fire. That would be fire, you guys. Okay. Totally you know? would. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. But before we do that later on, I'll save that for later on in the hour, because after all, if you did it now... <laughs> Hey, I got to keep you guys hooked in just beyond the interview, you know? Spoken word from Amanda Shea is a good reason to stay. But I will say this, okay? Now, when it comes to spoken word, you named some of the great poets, some of the great practitioners of the art a few moments ago. I want to know, you know, growing up for Amanda Shea, was there a particular poem or spoken word piece or performance piece that particularly moved Amanda Shea as she was on her come-up journey 
as she was finding her way. Was there one particular piece or a couple of different pieces that particularly, you know, set a fire within you? Was there one that you just said, my gut, I got to do this? Was there one thing that made you decide that this is my journey, this is my path, and this is the piece that inspired me? Um, there's so many. Wow. When you were asking me, I'm like, which one do I want to name? There's just so many authors that I like respect. Um, obviously Maya Angelou, Toni Morrison. Um, I love Edgar Allan Poe. Um, low key, high key. I wish I could write like in a really dark space. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, seriously. I I wish I could. Um, wow. Uh, so many writers that are like flooding my head. Uh, Audre Lorde. Uh, uh, there's this one poet and I'm blanking on his name and I'm like low key. <laughs> so mad at myself. Um, who also did a tiny desk, uh, NPR tiny desk. Um, yeah. I am going to Google it because I cannot believe I'm blanking on his name, but absolutely incredible. I've been inspired by so many, um, authors and poets that I can't just put my finger on just one. I think for me, I like really, um, I like different levels of, of spoken word, um, and writing in general. There's a very cool way of being able to translate a poem and it's, you know, very basic, uh, uh, vocabulary language that everybody can understand. And then there's like, people who use really um, is just very articulated and and can take you to a place visually. I just think there's so many different levels. I love everything. So it's even in music, like (laughs) people think that, you know, they can be immersed in hip hop, but I love everything, like every single genre you can think of, even genres people are like, for real, Amanda, I'm like, yes, I love country music. Don't even try me. Hey, nothing wrong with that. First of all, first of all, I got to say that I think, you know, I may have something to say about more modern era country. However, I think, you know, anybody who's anybody has got to give it up for the roots of country music, you know, the early practitioners of that art. PBS did a tremendous documentary series a year or two ago about the history of country music. And I mean, I'm talking about Fiddlin' John Carson. I'm talking the Carter family. I'm talking about God, Gene Autry. I'm talking about early Johnny Cash. Even after, I mean, Sun Records, he was doing rockabilly and rock and roll. But, you know, as the practitioner of outlaw country, he and Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings, I mean, mm-hmm. so many names that you got to give it up mm-hmm. for. Dolly, of course, Dolly Parton, still a national treasure to this mm-hmm. day. You know, so mm-hmm. when you talk about country, you know, I want to know from you, from Amanda Shea, what exactly in country music is Amanda Shea into? I love the storytelling. I think most country music embodies not only really good storytelling, but pain. Um, I actually was born in Charleston, South Carolina. I was raised up north most of my life, but like my roots are, are in the south. So for me, it's just a different, it's like tragedy, but like love and pain and you you can just feel it. And I think because 
they use very like simple like if you think about structure of songs like most country country music songs are all the same structure and the way that they set it up it's just it takes you through its own timeline and i think there's something beautiful about that absolutely i just made me think it just made me think about my grandmother <laughs> um, my grandmother is a huge, uh, was a huge influence on me as far as um, my southern roots. So you just made me think about her. So thank you. Hey, you know, and I mean, it's all doomy and rainy and stuff. I'm trying to keep up the energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep up the energy. Hey, I dig it. Sad you know, though. I mean, the fact that you outwardly, you know, tell the world, hey, you know, I love country music. I think. In today's world, you know, unless you are someone that has died in the wool, diehard country, I think some folks may be a little bit shy about admitting it these days. I'm not sure why that is, because I'll be the first to admit that I've got tons of old Columbia 78s of, you know, country, and I've got old LPs of the greats of the game. And yeah, even though country music is a little bit of a closed party, like we had an argument last week on social media going on, actually not last week, more like a few weeks ago, in which people were arguing about who belonged in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and who didn't. And mm -hmm. I pointed out to uh, one of the uh, Instagram users that, you know, this is not like the Country Music Hall of Fame where it's exclusively country music and more of a closed party, you know. But mm -hmm. at the same time, though, even though I do kind of consider it a closed party, you know, in spite of that, I think there's something really inviting mm -hmm. about the early country years, the roots, you know, talking about from the twenties to about probably around the seventies mm -hmm. or eighties, I'd say pre Garth Brooks. Mm. <laughs> In my opinion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, talk about it. I'm, I'm letting you go. Like tell the history. It's interesting how people, and I think we briefly had a conversation about this where it was like, people are just, they just get upset and it's like even with the little Nas X thing and like you just see this huge level of like exclusivity and it's just it's ridiculous at this point considering where y'all stole that from man little Nas X that ain't country music man you know yeah I, I heard it all <laughs> I heard it all you know but this that goes for anything I feel like um you know sometimes people just want to be mad about something it's true it's true. You know, see, people call it, you know, fake outrage on social media, among other, you know, different types of descriptions. But, but yeah, you know, Old Town Road is a great example of how you can, in fact, break down the walls of that closed party and make something great. In this case, had one of the mm -hmm. biggest hits. It started out as a SoundCloud track, and it became one of the biggest singles of the last 5, 10, 20 years. So... You know, you got to give it up for Little Nas X for breaking the walls down on that and getting Billy Ray Cyrus to join on the single version. I was going to say, I was just about to say exactly. I think that was a huge statement within and of itself, too. And it's just, I think that as a society, like we, we are pushing the envelope and we're definitely breaking down barriers and doors all around us. It's just sad when you're like seeing everything bubble up to the surface all at the same time. You know what I mean? You can be aware of all these things, but I just feel like we keep going into, it, it seems like a situation after a situation after a situation where we're like, okay, now we got to break down this. We got to, you know, it's just all systematic. I think that's going to be like, it's going to be like this for a while. 
It really is. And you guys, we are here now through 7 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time here on Boston Free Radio, and we have a whole lot more ground to cover on Amanda, Amanda Shea. And I will say this too, you know, you guys have no idea. There is so much more to the story. Okay, if you don't know Amanda Shea, I, my intention is for you to know Amanda Shea inside and out before this thing is done. And even then, there'll be some learning for y'all to do online, I'm sure. You know, but right now we got a track we're going to spin for you guys here on the show. Now, tell us, Amanda, about this track with actually our first guest of season two, uh, the, the award-winning Miranda Ray. Hey, Miranda Ray. That's she's such a ray of sunshine, isn't she? Seriously, love her energy. And amazing her human. Voice amazing is human. Amazing, like butter. Yes. Um, me and Miranda actually met at Arts Underground. Uh, shout out to Eva Davenport, who's also an amazing vocalist. Um, we met there at this Arts Underground platform where Eva is like the host curator of. And it was the first time me and Miranda had ever saw each other, you know, perform. So right. it was interesting. She was working on her EP and, um, she was like, she had approached me after my performance and was like, yo, I'm looking for a poet. Like, would you, you know, be down to like feature on this? And I was just like, wait, what? Like, I just listened <laughs> to you and you're incredible. Like, hell yeah. Without even, without even a blink. And she sent me like literally 15 seconds of this track and I was like, what's the concept? And she told me, and it just came out like the, on the first listen, it just came out and I was like, yes, this is meant. So this was one of the second tracks I've ever been featured on. Um, actually people say I'd be lying. So shout out to Bakari JB for correcting me. Cause that's my best friend. He's always like, yo, you were featured on the hoop hop mixtape. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I keep forgetting. I did do that. So that was my first. So this is my like third feature ever being in the studio or recording a poem nice. on, on wax. So I just appreciate Miranda for having me on. The EP is absolutely incredible. I'm still streaming it to this day, just the harmonies, the music, the writing, everything. So y'all need to go check out Miranda Ray. You for certainly real. do. This, track is special to me for sure well here we are y'all miranda ray and amanda shea here on the chop session here on boston free radio we're back right after this one so keep it locked right here funny when i needed you you doubted me people seem to change like seasons
of being patient Giving so much of myself Reciprocity should be a given No longer loving anyone that can't grasp that concept Love doesn't equate to pain Gasping for air, I'm captive Held against my will My heart is imprisoned by a love that no longer lives here Amanda Shea right there, y'all, with the one and only Miranda Ray here on the Chop Session. This is Boston Free Radio. I am the indefinable Sterling Golden. And, of course, as mentioned already, the artivist extraordinaire Amanda Shea is on the line here this week on the show. And I can always mention to all y'all out there, in case you miss an episode or you tune in late on the Chop Session, say no more, fam. We got you. You can just check out wherever you listen to the podcast by searching up The Chop Session with Sterling Golden and hitting that subscribe button to catch each and every episode one hour after premiere. And hey, the entire library of Chop Session shows is there for y'all to check out as well. So we got you, as I already said. But we have Amanda Shea here this week here on the show now. In case y'all don't know or haven't done your research on Amanda Shea, check out this resume, Okay. We're talking about an individual who has performed spoken word poetry at a litany of venues throughout not only Boston, but around the world, including the prestigious Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum, the great museum of fine arts, of which I may or may not be a member, <clears throat> the Alvin Alley, in other words, I am, the Alvin Alley American Dance Theater in Washington, D.C., the Peace Institute. We also have in D.C. the National Press Club and the Institute of Contemporary Art is another venue, and also has achieved great status as an international artist extraordinaire by performing virtually in Africa for Art Glow, based out in Malawi, as well as the, I'm going to butcher this one, this is it the Jos Literary and Arts Festival in Nigeria? Am I getting yes, that right? Yes, Hey, I did it. Okay, awesome. Hey. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Also, you have seen Miranda, you've seen Amanda Shea published in numerous publications throughout the Boston area, has appeared on network television here in Boston, has been on the radio here in Boston, like right now, and also been published in news outlets throughout the world, you know, has hosted the 2018 and 19 Boston Art Music Soul Festival, the Arts Equity Summit, has been a radio host. Nominated for two Boston Music Awards as well. And check this out. Amid all of this greatness, y'all, Amanda Shea is a full-time educator as well who facilitates youth workshops for spoken word poetry, visual arts, public speaking throughout a realm of schools and nonprofit organizations in Boston. So where do we begin in this whole <laughs> list of amazing achievements? Well, let's start from the top, you know. So. I want to know, of all these great venues that you've performed at and appeared at, Amanda, on stage, which of those was the standout for you? Can you give me one story about being live on stage that stands out among all the others, the one that was the most meaningful? They're all meaningful, but what's the most meaningful one for you? Wow. Um, damn, when you like run it down like that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, blessed. I just... Yeah, that's wow. Uh, 
standout. They're all special. Um, 2018, 2019, uh, hosting BAMS Fest was like, um, first time ever hosting at a festival at all, period, outside Franklin Park. Lots of beautiful, beautiful people. Um, Kat Morris is just absolutely incredible. If y'all don't know who Kat Morris is, please go get familiar. Um, just somebody I look up to a lot in the city who's constantly um, helping artists just be visible and equitable here in the city of Boston and providing so many beautiful platforms. So for me, that was like one of like the moments that I was like, oh, wow, this is this is real. I think that was maybe the second or the third time where I was a part of something or a show um, or a festival where I received a lot of press and I could, like, I saw my name and I was just like, what is happening here? This is great. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was definitely like a moment where I'm like, wow, I could really do this. Um, also another one that's a standout is the Isabella Gardner Museum. Um, with again with Kat Morris putting on the storytellers uh um show Certainly, it was yeah. absolutely incredible um for me I'm with like Portia O and Valerie Stevens who if y'all do not know who they are absolutely amazing artists in the city please go do your research yes and and Cena from um, Africa, who was a resident at Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. And it was just incredible. It was just, you know, Chad had said, you, you know, you need to tell your story. Like, tell your story. Like, how would you tell your story and how would you tell your journey if you had X amount of time to do so? And it was the first time that I had, like, worked on, like, a production level of a yeah. show like that where it's, my set. I have, you know, I've seen so many different people and so many artists and been a part of like some of what they're doing that I've, I've seen how it works, but this was like all on me. And I had all these great ideas and I realized that like, you don't have all that much time, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was really, really challenging, but breakthrough um, be heard world is uh, another breakthrough I feel performance for me um, joining the invisible tour with them it was the first time I had ever went on tour ever um, and I was a part I'm a part of their production where it's like an hour long we talk about uh, racism and it's dance um, all different types of form of dance and po spoken word infused in, into this beautiful piece um, yeah. and we went to five different states. We went through the migration trail, actually. And it was the first time I had ever performed in front of 100-plus people, 200-plus people, um, outside of the Isabella Gardner, of course, um, and hosting BAMS Fest. But it was just like, for me, it was the first time that I was like embarking on this full-time artistry thing. Um, they were the first people who were like, hey, let's go on tour, and I think you can do this. And I had never memorized any of my pieces before this. So I was just like, wait, you want me to memorize and write three pieces that are very personal and how racism affects my life and what my journey through this world has looked like? Oh, wow, this is a lot. I had three weeks to do it. So it really pushed me to like really be like, okay, you quit your job as an accountant to do this. Like, 
you need to bet on yourself. And I did. And that was a really huge moment in my career where I was like, I can really do this full time and I can really, um, I can really, uh, yeah, do this. Um, I'm still shocked when I tell these stories Mm because it seems so long ago, but it really wasn't. And, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just grateful. Now you mentioned a moment ago, of course, your, you know, ongoing battle, you know, against racism. And I think anybody who is on the side of those who fight against systemic racism, you know, any kind of racism, we're talking a 400 year fight. Okay. That Mm -hmm. is still is ongoing. Unfortunately, it's still ongoing today because there are sadly Mm -hmm. still examples of outward racism and even underlying racism that we all got to deal with. Now, I want to know from the perspective of Amanda Shea, okay, let's talk about your perspective on your part in fighting against systemic racism. I think my part is, you know, like the great Nina Simone said, you know, our duty as artists is to capture the time, is to reflect the times. Um, And I think that's my purpose in this fight. I also feel like just being able to say, speak your truth and making sure that every voice is heard um, is really important, especially black and brown voices. They need to be amplified and they should never be silenced. I also feel like if I can, you know, utilize my art to help dismantle systemic oppression and racism, then I'm going to do my best to make sure that I live in that purpose and keep speaking the truth. So for me, it's just being honest, being very transparent and being very open and honest about it and very blunt. And I think that for, for a while, even just as for my own journey, I've been scared to talk about certain things openly, you know, in fear of, you know, now we're living in cancel culture and things like that. So it's like, I've always felt, like I had to be silent or I had to, you know, keep my voice low and not speak up. And, you know, I feel like that even within my own personal life, like my, my childhood was really not easy. So I felt like I was walking on eggshells even in my own home. So going wow. out into the world and realizing like I have to do the same thing is, is, is part of why I, I feel still very much guarded to this day, you know, even though I'm, I'm very vocal and I'm, I can be vulnerable. I still keep things tucked. And I think sometimes that's out of fear of speaking out loud all the time. And I'm right. just continuing to heal through that and push through that because I know so many others feel the same way. So I just want to be that example for them to utilize their voice. So you mentioned, I'm uh, no longer you mentioned Nina Simone in there. Mm-hmm. One of the great, not only great recording artists and Hall of Famers, but also we're talking about a great activist as well yeah. in the annals of the recording industry. And even one of my all-time performers on my all-time list of the greats, I am a huge, huge fan of MIA and her work mm-hmm. as a recording artist and an activist. So when speaking of activism, like Nina Simone, like MIA, you know, before we get to our next track, Amanda, I want to know, let's hear about your role as an artivist 
And let's describe what an artivist is for those who may have heard that term for the first time tonight. Artivism for me is when you speak out against, you know, social justice issues very out loud and unapologetically. That is what it is to me. And that's, again, utilizing your art to do so, Um, whether it be a visual um, aspect, dance, spoken word, music. um, It could be instrumentation, rappers, you know, lyricists, anything. If you're using your art to push these issues and making sure that people make a change and evolve, to me, that's an artivist. Um, I don't, I'm not a self-proclaimed activist. Um, for me, I feel like that is something that you dedicate your life to every single day. Artivism is something I dedicate myself to every single day. I want to speak out about so many different issues um, that I see from my lens and make sure that I, you know, encourage other people to do the same thing. Absolutely. So that's what an artivist, that's what an artivist to me is. Um, the ways of which I've been doing that as of late was, you know, when we saw George Floyd and we were seeing all of the protests and we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're just seeing all of these things all at one time. And I felt really helpless in all of that. You know, I've, uh, two children and my youngest son looked at me and was like, you're trying to go out there to protest. Like, do you see what they're doing to us? And for me, that was a turning point because normally I would have been out there on the forefront. Um, I have been out there on the forefront, but it was at that moment where I'm like, Oh, it's not even the virus necessarily. Cause he's been worried about that and concerned about that too. Right. Obviously being homeschooled and things of that nature, but he's more worried about the cops. So, you know, JD and I had had a phone conversation and I was just like, I don't even feel right, you know, donating. Like, I don't even know how much money to donate. Like, what is a good dollar amount? Like, I was really stuck. And we came up with Activating Artivism, which is basically a platform to amplify and highlight black and brown voices um, and how how, have artists donate their, their art to act to an activism group or nonprofit organization within their city that's actually truly doing the work within their communities. Excellent. So for for me, I think of it like like philanthropy work in a sense. If that makes sense, it's like how can I donate my art to you know um, generate funding for nonprofit communities who may or may not receive federal or state funding. Um, who have been doing the work for 10 plus years and, you know, most people in the community don't know who they are and they need assistance, they need volunteers, things yeah. of that nature. So for me, it was like something that I could give that I could feel good about because I'm passionate about my art. So I want to give that to be able to help others. And that's basically where it came from. And JD has been so instrumental. Like, we, mm-hmm. this is our third time doing it and we're just like taken aback at, at the, at the expansion of it and the growth of it in such a short period of time. I feel like a lot of artists feel the same way. Like, how can I give back? You know what I mean? Yes, I certainly do. And few 
do it with the elegance and with the passion that Amanda Shea does as an artivist extraordinaire. And speaking of artivism, you guys, right now we're going to check out a brand new track that came out just a few weeks ago featuring Amanda Shea at her very best with jabs on this one. It's called Nonstop. You can check it out right now wherever you stream music. And it's good stuff, y'all. Right now, here is Amanda Shea with Jabs. It is nonstop. This is the Chop Session on Boston Free Radio. We're back right after this. Press rewind, yeah. calling out anyone yeah. stepping on next. Yeah. We out here, bossing got next. Yeah. Don't need the accolades, we just want respect. Yeah. Stream this through your speakers, MP3 or tape decks. Yeah. They can't do what we do. Huh. See through, we see you. What? Clear as day review. Uh. Ain't trying to play you. Gonna make it to the top and coming hard, period. Yeah. We coming through serious in case you were curious.
Non-stop right there. Jabs with Amanda Shea. It is the Chop Session on Boston Free Radio. I am, of course, Amanda, the indefinable Sterling Golden with our guest Amanda Shea this week. And as I always mention to y'all out there, in case you tuned in late to this episode or if you missed a past one or whatever it may be, just go wherever you listen to podcasts and search the Chop Session with Sterling Golden. Hit that subscribe button and you'll be locked in one hour after premiere time every week for our latest Chop Session. And every Chop Session to date is available over there for you as well, be it Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, whatever podcast app you fancy. We are here for y'all. Okay. Amanda Shea, here you are. Okay. So. Let's talk right now about something that we actually exemplified over on the social media for 320 Magazine, which is a publication that will be starting up next year. I may or may not be involved in that. But that being said, a few images were shared of you, Amanda Shea, from a project called Body. All right. And it got my attention. It got many folks' attention. It was one of the most sought images on our Instagram account at 320 Magazine. Go give it a follow. But let's hear more about this project, Body. Body. Um, yes. First of all, thank y'all for featuring not one, but two pieces hey. <laughs> from Body Series. I appreciate y'all. Three, actually. That was actually three. first. Yeah. Yeah, three. Three. That's three. Right. Three. Three's my lucky number, too. I don't know why I missed that. <laughs> Three, so thank you all. Yeah. That was actually from the first um, series of Body. So Body was a poem that I wrote, um, or is I should say is a poem that I wrote when I went. It was last year, five days after my birthday. I had went to the doctor, and I was like, listen, bro, I know something's going on in my neck. <laughs> something's happening here. I ended up finding out that I had not just one, but two dislodged discs in my neck, um, arthritis within my spine. And because the discs have been dislodged for so long, which was unbeknownst to me, um, it was causing my nerve endings to basically go like numb because there's nowhere for them to travel. So I was starting to get this numbness in my right hand and my fingertips. I'm like, what is happening? And they basically told me I needed to get surgery. So I wrote this poem. Now, this is five days after my birthday. And I'm just like, you know, you're hype. You're like, oh, it's in your year. You know what I'm saying? It's your solar return. You're happy. And then I get this. And I'm just like, is this going to be an indication of how the rest of the year is going to go? Because I'm in a lot of pain most of the time. People don't see that. I really do a good job, I feel, at hiding it. But it is it's excruciating pain throughout the whole day, no matter what I'm doing. So I wrote this piece just kind of out of anger and just being upset and so many flashbacks of like my gymnastics life, like came flooding to the forefront. And I'm just like, now I'm really in my feelings because I already feel, you know, like I can't do things at my own pace. And now I have confirmation of why, and it still leads to surgery. I've had, two major surgeries in my entire life. And I've also had two children by cesarean section. So for me, every surgery is always like scary, you know, and it's always a risk. So I wrote this piece out of that space and um, I teamed up with Maze Radio. Well, before I teamed up with Maze Radio, I teamed up with Rob Alexander, uh, Trinity Chase um, photography, who's amazing. And I was like, 
yo, I kind of want to do a series for this piece, but I don't know really what I want to do too much. I just know that I really love aerial arts and I'm not able to swing in the air right now, but I want to have something that appears to be something representing aerial arts. Yeah. So I went to the fabric store, bought the fabric. We did our thing. He took the first pictures, which were the three that you all had showed. And then I went to May's radio and was like, Hey guys, I think I want to do a video for this. And body is a part of a a four piece series now that I released back in October of, of last year. Um, and it started off with FaceTime. Then I released Entangled. Then I released Resilience and now body. And it's just a continuation of the series. I wanted to kind of take my pieces from the stage, considering the times that we're also in and I've always loved film so I'm like, what would this look like if I translated this to film and kind of told a story using visuals? Um, I've never done that before. I teamed up with Jay Hunt for the first two, which was an Shout absolutely Jay beautiful Hunt. experience. Yes, yes Smokehouse. Mr. Smokehouse. That's my guy. Smokehouse Media. Yes. He filmed, uh, he, shot and, he shot and directed um, FaceTime and Entangled up now on YouTube. She must plug. Um, and then <laughs> I teamed up with Maze Radio for Resilience. And then for Body, I teamed up with them again. And I was like, this time I want something that shows kind of like the history of time. Like, you know, something that when you look at it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like your body ages black and white. So I told them the concept and I was just like, this is kind of what I want it to look like. We went in, we did it, and it turned out beautiful. Um, What I didn't anticipate was after the video, the types of conversations that I would be having with people about the the piece. Um, You know, people coming to me talking about, you know, body dysmorphia and, you know, anorexia and, you know, um, just not feeling good within their body, you know, disabilities that people can't see, people that they don't know, health ailments that people they don't really talk about so it was just really overwhelming but such a beautiful experience because i was like wow like i had no idea you know and i walk around every day you know and people may view me as a confident person but i have insecurities too so it was a lot for me to want to like put that out there but i was just like you know what we're here like i have to do this because the more i put it out there the better i can like come to the to the solution of dealing with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't want to just keep it in my body and hold it for myself. I want I want to talk about it. I hear you on that for sure, you know, and one thing I want to hear you discuss right now, not even discuss, but I promised at the top of the show that somehow I would get Amanda Shea to perform some spoken word for us here on the show. And with a few minutes left to our broadcast this week, let's get it in. Let's get some spoken word here on the CHOP session for all y'all listening worldwide on Boston Free Radio or on whatever podcast platform you're finding us on late. Spoken word from Amanda Shea, please. Thank you so much for having me. And um, because we were talking about body, um, I was going to give y'all that, but I'll give you a sneak peek of what the next visual will be. Sure. So this is called... um, I don't really have a title, but we'll call it social media. Sounds good. Social media traps. 
got you losing reality, didn't subscribe to desensitization, confusion, fake news, and all these comments. How do I cancel it before it cancels me? I thought this was a tool. Instead, I'm being drilled at, picked at, and screwed over my thoughts, images, and my image. When did this become high school? Snubbed for prom queen, the snob always wins, subbed in statuses. I remember the bathroom stalls marked up. Now it's bodies. Not like the subways in Harlem, actual bodies. Everyone want to be a barb and join a team. I still have PTSD. Watching George Floyd's death changed me, triggered me. How many triggers can be pulled without having to count the bullets? Brianna can't tell us. The neighbor's walls speak louder than her voice. Another black woman silent in the dead of night. Protect black women is a hashtag. We are conditioned to put a pound sign on tragedy. Maybe it should be a stop sign. Bright red. So it can be read and not just seen, but we read people for filth. Full of negativity. Questioning myself. My vibration is low. Too slow to tap, tap, tap in on the bigger picture. Waves of hate can penetrate even the deepest of waters. With a 30-second sound bite, click, then debate. It's faster than a chamber. Why aren't these monitors? How long is a Facebook jail sentence anyway? Is this reality or a social experiment, a play of sorts, where you can be whatever character while being judged on your character? I hate it in this world. I lucid dream often, traveling vividly, opening portals that allow me to feel safe where accountability and evolution meet. The dark web doesn't lurk here. It's too busy trafficking children and women in this realm. I'm surrounded by my own shadows. We don't play games. We go hard at work to build a cape so big made of Teflon. No cap. Shells would bounce off. No puncture wounds or sharpened tongues could pierce me. I'd be at peace instead of overthinking about content. I'd be content with self. My emotions couldn't be altered by the pretentious constructs of how to be, live, and breathe. Competition and comparisons create division. Common denominators calling people out instead of calling them in. DMs replaces conversations. No need to be direct. No desire to hit someone's line. People blogging, gossiping, rumors, unhealthy consumption, adopting trends that lose weight but momentum dies, but not suicidal thoughts, constant battles, turmoils from turning to devices, addicted, it's a vice that releases hormones that causes the body to react in pleasure, Twitter fingers racing like heartbeats, perpetuating ideologies of a system set up to destroy confidence and feelings, and it all comes at a price. You can't buy self-esteem from an ad or an app, but if you show ID, you can be verified. Blue check marks is your validation. Unlocking it, all of us have super egos. We got to keep our egos balanced. Got to take breaks and fast. Thank you. Amanda Shea, ladies and gentlemen, called Social Media. That's the working title of this latest piece, the spoken word piece that you just we're blessed with by Amanda Shea here on the CHOP session. And I want to say right now, uh, before we close it out for one more track and then give you a rundown of next week's show, I want to let you all know that Amanda Shea will be embarking on her third tour to Africa this year with a couple of other great uh, Boston area poets. This is the Awake Tour that seeks to explore the role of art as both a revolutionary and spiritual tool for social justice and Human Spiritual Awakening. Look for that here in 2021. 
And of course, y'all be best looking out for Amanda Shea because she is only getting started, you guys, in her journey. Amanda Shea, we appreciate you today pulling up for the CHOP session and for blessing us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Thank you. And you can find Amanda Shea on Instagram, you guys, at Amanda Shea all day, okay? And uh, check it out. You know, there's a lot to see, a lot to experience with Amanda Shea on social media. And, of course, check out amandashea.com for the latest on Amanda Shea. We have one more track featuring Amanda Shea coming up right now. And after that, we'll tell you what's going on next week here on The Chop Session. But for now, Amanda Shea, big love and big respect to you from our listeners Thank and you. myself. Love. Hey, we appreciate Thank you, you, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. So much love to Thank you. Thank you. We're back in a few moments here on the Chop Session. This is Boston Free Radio. Memories, and I try not to chase it. The truth into our past, that's my enemy. And find emotional truth in what's faceless, what I'm facing. Memories, each and every moment that I wake up. Is a trust forward to us on our futures That has to evolve from embryonic space dust Not today, bruh I probably shouldn't leave this bed I'm a calmer sick Those friends I was supposed to see Plan to cancel quick Girlfriends worry better regurgitate some static static Cocoon myself from panic my natural habitat It doesn't feel like walking on liquids on top of shattered glass Shame how the only emotion that ever feels real is pain and joy Feels like the hopes is always dangerously close to collapsing until I make it happen Damn Memories Can I get some relief please? I know me and you we got chemistry But the only time you love me is when I need Not what I need Memories Each and every morning that I wake up Is a trust forward to uncertain futures That has not involved from embryonic space dust Not today but Unhealthy devotion to digging up my shittiest moments and laying next to its bones while I catch myself finally reminiscing about poems that double as suicide notes never notarized by a noose or bullets all that time that I cheated on my girl got dumped shrunk from my group and evicted in like a month four whole years later I ain't forgiving myself picking the same scabs to remember how the bleeding felt all my flashbacks come to me drenched in cyanide too terrified of my future to turn a blind eye to my past even though it's the only thing that's causing me to stress that I feel like a tap on the shoulder that won't stop till I look back Lots wife, a pile of salt learning to be human Got strife, living with myself, living with the reflection, refusing to love me back So I'm buying myself a new mirror, yeah Memories, and I try not to chase that And drift into our past, that's my enemy And find emotional truth that was faceless, was the basis each and every morning that I wake up Is a trust falling to uncertain futures That has to be better than where I came from Where I came from Fighting all my life Running away from these demons My past keeps haunting me Familiar ghosts Gotta dig deep It hurts to go inside my broken house I call my heart Trying to trust myself, knowing the higher I reach, the harder I fall. Imposter syndrome. Failure isn't an option. Looking in the mirror, how do I allow my past become my broken fear? Hands up, don't shoot. Society 
Amanda Shea for calling in to the CHOP session this week. This interview was fire, and so was the spoken word, let me tell you. By the way, y'all, in case you forgot, you can check out Amanda Shea's latest feature on the track Nonstop by Jebs wherever you stream music. Also, speaking of streaming, in case you miss an episode of the CHOP session or you tune in late, say no more, family got you. You can check out each and every episode of the CHOP session wherever you listen to podcasts one hour after premiere on Boston Free Radio. Hit that subscribe button and you will not miss a thing, you guys. Speaking of not missing a thing, you're not going to want to miss next week's episode of the CHOP session at 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Boston Free Radio as we continue our observance of Women's History Month. We are talking with model and alternative photographer extraordinaire Goldie Red, a dear confidant of mine, next week here on The Chop Session. You're going to want to hear what Goldie Red has to say. Her story is one you don't want to miss, y'all. That being said... Tune in every Monday at 6 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time on Boston Free Radio to catch the CHOP Session. And catch us on social media, on Instagram at CHOP Session Show, and on Twitter at The CHOP Session. And your man Sterling Golden on Instagram at DJ Sterling Golden, and on Twitter with DJ Sterling Golden with one G. This is The CHOP Session. Hey.